Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And today we've got a fun episode, I think. Uh, it's going to go a little bit of a retro episode, going back to the days when we would talk about cover songs or uh, different favorite songs and things that, that both of us liked, but we never knew what the other one was going to choose. And yeah. Oh, except I knew everything well, <laughs> you were going to choose because you had to tell me so we could play the sound clips. That's right. Uh, but uh, we're not playing any of the sound clips, so <laughs> I don't know what you've chosen. You don't know what I've chosen. It's great. Yes, so it should be a lot of fun. And we thought a good topic that hasn't really... I've not seen other uh, podcasts or other people talk about it too much, but the whole idea of the unusual or exotic instruments that sometimes appear in Beatles songs and solo Beatles songs. And, you know, the Beatles are known as one of the things that people say about them all the time is that they're experimental and they always were looking for new sounds and were sponges listening to different kinds of music. And mm -hmm. that comes true, comes through on a lot of the songs that we're going to talk about, which in some cases are defined by those instruments that are brought in. And I think by unusual, how are we, how do you think, how are you defining uh, unusual and or exotic, Chris? Well, I'm defining it just as like, uh, if you're looking at the uh, album <laughs> credits and you're like, uh, what's this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or if you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what instrument is that? It, so it's one of those two. Yeah. <laughs> one of those two. Uh-huh. What's this or wait, what? Yeah. Then uh, I dug into it, you know, and and would list, uh, be like, uh, what is that sound? And what is that instrument? And when, where, what country is that from? And <laughs> what era is that from? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of that in my research. Yeah, I'd say that's a good definition. I'd say anything that's not in the standard four-piece rock band or or more traditional types of instrumentation, like some violins or uh, it's kind of the or horn, like uh, saxophones or stuff like that, that are real common. But instruments yeah. that that are either kind of unusual sounding or or don't usually figure on a typical pop track. Yes, as yeah. as I researched uh, and uh, pick some interesting ones. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. Some super weird ones. Uh, we, we might have some crossover. We'll find out. Yeah. Now, just before we even get going here, if you had to think of the Beatle, which Beatle would be most interested in sounds or in different instrumentations, who would be the first one you'd think of? Well, you got to think George, because uh, George, of course, is into Indian music. So there's a lot of exactly. uh, Indian music. Uh, uh, maybe there's at least one of those on my list here. <laughs> Indian instruments that would pop up from time to time. Yeah, definitely. So George would be the most uh, because of exactly the Indian reasons. And then next, I would probably go just because he's had such a long career and has had so always trying to do something different i'd say would be paul maybe would be the uh, next bet for, for sure paul and paul uh, you know i mean of course is interested in a lot of old timey music and old, older traditional type uh, right. stuff you know if you think mole of kintyre for instance traditional to england uh type of or orchestral music and stuff like that so he'd be 
likely to oh plus you know just with his personality he'd be likely to be like oh what's this <laughs> oh i want to pick this up try it <laughs> oh that's tough yeah <laughs> and in fact he did just pick up an instrument or two and just try it uh, maybe that will be uh, on one of our lists here yeah definitely paul and then john uh, I don't really. Uh, funny, John had had maybe some more interests when he was in the Beatles. I'd say less yeah. so when he was a solo artist. I don't think I have any examples from his solo career. Yeah, his solo career is mostly just uh, straight up rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as as basic as you can get, uh, instrumentation wise. Obviously, great songwriter, great music, but. Uh, not, nothing too unreasonable. Uh, y- Yoko might be different. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yoko would be different. <laughs> yep. I think she's credited as playing wind. On, yes. Uh, <laughs> on Plastic Ono Band, she plays Plastic wind. Ono Band. Yeah. Didn't make my list. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dove into a bunch of examples of, uh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then that leaves Ringo, who uh, I have... Maybe one, but not not. Oh, oh! Chris is giving oh. me the oh, the Paul McCartney. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, maybe one example here. So, uh, I think it's uh, going to be fun to see what we come up with. And like you said, when we bring up these instruments, we'll try to also give you some context if they're unusual, what they're like, what they are, as well as maybe other places you could hear them. Uh, an example that the Beatles don't use, for example, is the theremin, yeah. which is really famous. You think of in Good Vibrations or uh, mm-hmm. tunes like that Beach Boy stuff, you hear it. Uh, that's something they didn't use, but it was at the same time. Uh, but the Beatles used different things. So yeah. it's, it's not just the Beatles who were into these things, but they they are pretty interesting, I'd say. Should I start, Dave? Yeah, go ahead. Take it away here. All right, well, I'm going to start with a uh, instrument that was used twice. Once in Strawberry Fields Forever and once in Within You Without You, and this is the Swarm and Doll. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have, now, uh, there's a question I'm going to ask on each of these, uh, Dave, since you're a uh, professor of music. Have you ever seen, gotten your hands on the Swarm Andal? I have never or touched it. seen one or touched one. No, sadly, I have not. Well, it is a, uh, what it is is an Indian harp or zither. Um, it's similar to the Quanan that is today most commonly used as an accompanying instrument for vocal Indian classical music. Basically, what it is, is it sounds like, you're running your fingers in the middle of your, you know, if you opened your piano and you ran your fingers through the piano, it sounds mm-hmm. a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. But it's tuned. Uh, this is according to, by the way, I, I watched a video from Richard Harvey on YouTube, um, which is if you if you uh, like orchestral music, it might be somebody to check out. Yeah, he's a composer. He, mm-hmm. He's a composer. Mm-hmm. He adds he adds buys a lot of new instruments and then tries checks them out and tells you about them. And he said that what you would do with the swarm and doll is tune the instrument like it's got little knobs that you can tune and you tune it to the uh, raga or the uh, scale, basically, mm-hmm. of that of that song. And then you uh, play it. Now, where is it in Strawberry Fields? It's like strawberry fields forever and then it's like dee 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 living is you know yeah 
And then within you, without you, it's like right before they come back in with the, right after all of the in all of the uh, orchestra and all that, and then you hear that drone, and then you hear. That's a very good sword, Mandal. Yeah. It's really like in the new mix, blows your mind. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> Swarmandal. What do you think of the Swarmandal, Dave? I think it's very distinctive. It's a good sound. It's, it is it is like harp, Harper's Zither-like is what I would imagine. I'm hearing it right now in Strawberry Fields particularly. And uh, it just gives that kind of, it's like a wash, wash of sound kind of thing. Uh, yeah. That sounds really unique. You know, this is uncredited too. On they mm. don't really know who played it on "Within You, Without You," uh, for for instance. Um, but so that's a good example of the Indian influence uh, getting into George's music and him bringing it into the Beatles. Yeah, and it's, it goes a little beyond. Uh, I I would imagine sitar is not on our list here because that's already such a. It's almost become like one of their instruments uh, because yeah. it's, it's it's you know it's used so often and so distinctively uh that it's good to go to in other instruments from the indian collection <laughs> that i have have uh, played and gotten my hands on so yes yeah. it is it is very fun all right well i'm going to stick to the same year as both of those songs actually that you mentioned mm-hmm. and go to us uh, an instrument the Beatles loved synthesizers and were interested in different kinds of synths, including some early precursors to one. And the way I'm going to frame this is by making you think back to Del Shannon's Runaway with that okay. solo in there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that one. That, it, I, I didn't know what it was for a long time. And then yeah. once once I looked it up, it's like, oh, okay. So it's the clavioline. And oh. Yes, the clavioline, oh. which is an electronic keyboard that was made in 1947, French instrument. And it's kind of a, an analog synthesizer, uh, pre-digital. And it's about three octaves, so it doesn't have a whole lot of range. But uh, you can make different kinds of sounds with it. And so the Beatles example is featured on baby you're a rich man which is what played by john lennon and it's it's like goosed up a little bit so it's sped up and manipulated a little bit to sound like i used to think it sounded like an like an english horn or an oboe and that's yeah. that's what it is so it's a keyboard instrument that's been right off the bat right right in the first yeah just like notes of the song it's like yeah <laughs> really sticks out it's it's like this very much part of that whole song and yeah that's a good you're good at the imitations of these instruments here <laughs> ridiculous yeah. yeah and so that's john playing especially it. my fiance from the other room if she can if she, this, like, like what's what going on doing? in there <laughs> so the clavioline makes a good appearance on runaway as well as baby you're a rich man so uh, and I should yeah. mention, by the way, uh, I'm going to be putting together a uh, Spotify playlist of all these tunes so you can hear them in in context. So hear the different instruments yeah. in context. So you uh, now you know what's what it is. You can listen to it 
uh, when you hear baby or rich man. And maybe you can squeeze some of these other examples in there, like uh, Del Shannon and sure. Couple oh others, yeah, yeah, just like to get that, the that context we, that we bring up. That would be that would be really great. So, yeah, definitely. Great. Clavioline. Yep. Clavioline. All right. <laughs> well, that's a cool one. I'd like to I'd like to listen to more clavioline if, mm-hmm. I, can, if I can find it. Um, I have a, a think that I have tapped all I can tap with this next instrument, <laughs> which is. And we've talked about it before here on the um, podcast when we talked about uh, George Harrison's Dark Horse album, one of my favorite ever episodes of ours. <laughs> yes. And it's uh, from Is It He, oh. ja- Shri Krishna, and it's the Wobble Board. <laughs> the, the biggest supporter of the Wobble Board is uh, the Australian musician and artist, Rolf Harris. Oh. And it's featured in his best known song, Tiny Kangaroo Downsport. <laughs> Are you a big fan of Tiny Dang- Kangaroo Downsport? I, I don't know that one, but it's going to go onto the list. So we'll, we'll oh. make sure we grab it and can check it out. Well, there's a, uh, if you, if you get on YouTube, there's a, uh, Royal Albert Hall performance. Oh man! Tiny oh. Kangaroo Downsport. And he's doing it, and everybody knows the words, and everybody. <laughs> I'm like what is this? Who is this you know, guy? So, uh, yeah, but he's really uh, going to town with the wobble board. <laughs> so, uh, the wobble board, of course. Oh, it actually, it was invented by Rolf Harris. It says oh. here. Oh. Um, and it it basically is just a board that says wobble board on it. <laughs> that it's really high tech, huh? Yeah, it's really. <laughs> Really, something, something else. So, uh, <laughs> not, not much, to, not much to talk about about the wobble board. But, no, but, <laughs> but uh, you can I hear... definitely have Tybee Kangaroo Down Sports stuck in my head all week. Is it a is catchy song? Not a. Oh yeah, it's okay. like Tybee Kangaroo Down with wobble wobble wobble. <laughs> so, I can't wait to hear that one. So yeah. Excellent. So, and and you can hear it in and uh, Dark Horse with the yeah, yeah it it's is like he toward, towards the end of it, and he's really and that, that's a if you think about that uh, J. Reed Krishna song, yeah, Shri Krishna, uh, it's like a quick song, so like yeah. a, a pretty Real fast peppy. song. So, so he's really like like he's really going to town with it. So <laughs> excellent. <laughs> so. Well, very good. Wow. Looking forward to that one. Oh. <laughs> So next up, uh, I chose one that's close to my heart, and it's not an exotic instrument, but it is exotic for the use in in uh, pop music, mm-hmm. and that is the horn, sometimes called the French horn. As if I, I'm a horn player myself, I studied horn since I was ten years old, uh, yep. and we don't call it a French horn because it's not really from France, so it's it's just better known as the horn, and. It's it's one of the most beautiful. I'm very biased, but it's one of the most beautiful and powerful sounds in the orchestra. And uh, the Beatles used it. it. This yeah. is the horn, of course. The the it's got a circular kind of look. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it and then it towards the end after and it goes in circles and all yes. all twists around. Conical. And then in the end, it comes it comes out to a a sort of cone. And uh, often French horn players stuff that fist in 
old, yes, in the you old have hole to. There, right? Yes, you have to stick the your right hand in the bell, or else it will be really out of tune. And uh-huh. so you, you're, if you ever watch a horn player, they're always moving their hand in and out, or kind of moving it around because you're adjusting all the time, uh, because you can't adjust the slides while you're playing. So it's one of the most challenging instruments to play, and uh, yeah, big partly because of all that tubing. And so mm-hmm. when you hear it on a rock example, like for no one, it, it is so striking. And it was played in this case by Alan Civil, who was the principal horn in the London Symphony, I believe London Symphony. And uh, it, it's extremely high. Uh, it's, it was, it's also in the cracks. And I think when they were recording it, Paul wanted the instrument and George Martin wrote it. And they were kind of trying to figure out the best range to put it in. And it turns out to be extremely high and difficult to play. So it's, uh, but it is, it fits that song so well because it's a mournful song, kind of a sad, you know, unsettling song. And you've got this beautiful solo that just kind of comes out of nowhere and then it returns at the end. And it's in such a beautiful spot in the song. There's two other famous examples I can think of that use horn. I don't know who plays it, but one is on, uh, there's a famous Rolling Stones song. Do you know which one? It begins with the horn. Oh, uh, is that, is Tears Go By? Is that it? A little later, a little later. Hmm. Oh, uh. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's it. That's exactly. (laughs) You can't always get get what what you you want. want. Exactly. That's, that's a great example. Very nice. (laughs) <laughs> very good yeah that's i a, was putting my hand in and out that, there. that's right i saw you were working it yeah <laughs> so that's a great example of another horn in a pop song and then another one is briefly used in after the gold rush by neil young oh yeah you can hear it there as well but nice. but, but clearly and i'll i'll close with this on the horn uh, alan civil was a great horn player recorded all the famous concertos but people told him or he he was he and, and when he was interviewed later he said i could play all this great orchestral music and famous recordings of mozart and all this stuff but all anybody cared about was what it was it like to play with the beatles and what was it like to play on for no one yeah. so <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> that was like same guy of same course. thing with with david mason who played the piccolo trumpet on penny lane same story there yeah. just kind of nobody cared about anything else uh but It'll be etched in uh, history forever with the Beatles' use of the horn, which also was, appears later on Sgt. Pepper and some other stuff. But that best version on for no one. Okay, Dave. Well, great, great. Well, let's go to a let's go to a little later uh, to the uh, Wings. Ooh, okay. And uh, Wings, according London Town. Ah. And uh, they uh, whip out a woodwind instrument, a, me- a member of the. Fipple flute family. <laughs> uh, from a 16th century called the flagel, flagiolet, I believe. Could be flagiolet, maybe? I, maybe. F L A G E O L E T. I've got several of those. No. You've got several of those? Have you oh, ever seen one of these? Things? No, no. And they're, they're, uh, sometimes there are, there's a regular flagiolet. There's double and triple flagulets mm. having three bodies that allowed for drone and counter medley. Hmm. 
Uh, and they were made to the until the 19th century. Somehow, Paul and Denny Lane got <laughs> two of them and uh, put them on the track. Don't let it bring you down, which I've I've mentioned before on this podcast, as I think is a real underrated tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me uh, read here from the words and music of Paul McCartney, the solo years. That's the uh, Benitez uh, book. Don't let it bring you down as a musical contrast to the previous up-tempo rockabilly number, Name an Address. <laughs> it is re- reminiscent not only of Irish real music, but also the type of material done by the Chieftains, enhanced by... Flagulettes, Irish tin whistles played by McCartney and Lane. So, I mean, of course, they. Yes. Yeah. Because that song is very dance like, sort of medieval sounding, and it's a Renaissance dancey, and it's kind of sound, and that instrument really goes a long way to add some flavor to that. Yeah, it's definitely really good. The place to hear it is, unless you want the 1993 version, <laughs> remastered. Uh, there is a remastered version on Pure McCartney, so check it out. The Flagulette. I, I have not found another example <laughs> no. of it on a pop song, so it could be the only pop song it's hmm. on. An obscure wing song. <laughs> wow, very Maybe, cool. Can we get that, Paul? Can we get that box set? For London Town, please. Yeah, we've been waiting. We're and some egg. Those are the yeah. ones we want here. So Well and now may, might some of these things be delayed because of the yeah. uh, um, um stuff we're all going through here. I I don't know. Um It's a good question. I know. Hard to say. Hard to say. But uh hopefully we get that and we can hear that flagulette in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in clear, yeah. crystal clear audio. Yeah. They're probably like some bonus tracks that they've been just like tooling around on the flagulette. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. my next one is a is a low-hanging fruit one, but it must be discussed, and that is the Mellotron, which is oh, yes, yeah. which which really is one of the most distinctive sounds. I'm noticing a lot of these sounds happen during Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour, which would make the most mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. But the the Mellotron we think of it best as Paul playing it on Strawberry Fields Forever, right at the beginning is kind of the most notable thing. And he, he likes to play that if you've seen him in interviews and somebody says, Paul, oh, Paul, there's a Mellotron over here. Oh, let me oh. go. <laughs> let me Remember go. that I did Strawberry Fields, everyone, and I was on there too. It's not just John. That's right. And he goes over and plays it. <laughs> It's in one of those Abbey Road documentaries. Uh, and so what is a Mellotron? It's another early synthesizer type uh, piece of equipment. It's kind of like a sampler. If you think about a digital sampler now, you can just sample different sounds and uh, push a key and it'll it'll sound like a, a flute or it'll sound like different things. Uh, it's an electromechanical instrument. And it uses tape. That's what's different. It's an analog thing. And each little bit of tape has a different sound. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of interested. This this was invented in 1963. So it's not that old. And the Beatles used it in 67. So it was another one that was sitting around Abbey Road. And uh, it, it that's certainly where you hear it most. It was also, it's kind of now a retro sound. Of, if you want to sound like psychedelic 60s like Oasis and Radiohead and 
mm-hmm. kind of beetle beetle influenced groups have used it but it's very very neat sounding and this one was on the flute the strawberry fields was on the flute patch or the flute sound now have you ever seen one of these got your hands on one of these no never in real life uh yeah. there's uh there are some now some patches or some like apps the for recording that you can download to add to your audacity or garage band or your pro tools thing if you want to get the sound of the mellotron so you can do it digitally but i've never seen a real one i would love to get one they're a great sound yeah i might have seen one like in passing in a museum or something yeah never like to actually play it and dink around with it but that would be that would be of all the ones we've mentioned that would be the one i'd most uh want to get my hands on me too just so you can least the wobble board (laughs) (laughs) because you can make that yourself it sounds like (laughs) just whatever i got yeah just write wobble on it uh okay grab a book yeah (laughs) so um so yeah well dave i i hate to do this to you but i got i gotta go tropo oh no we're gonna go tropo tropo, dave (gasps) on gone tropo you hear the uh uh lead vocals guitar marimba percussion and it says Jal Tarang. Oh. And backing vocals from George Harrison. What is the Jal Tarang, Dave? How do you spell the Jal Tarang? J A L T A R A N G. Jal Tarang. I'm guessing it's some Indian instrument. It's a. Yes. Great guess. Uh, Just just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) It's a melodic percussion instrument which originates from the Indian subcontinent. And what it is, is it's a bunch of either ceramic or metal bowls filled with water now oh. Dave, we've all done that when we're uh, kids yeah sure. oh sure uh usually what we do is like fill a bottle up and then you drink <laughs> a little bit out of another one and then you're like blowing yeah you toot on it mm-hmm. yeah but this isn't that they're bowls so they're open but they're played like with huh you know ding 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 like that mm-hmm. and if you think like uh maybe i'll maybe i'll hear a little of this on Contrapo, <laughs> you're in for a shock about how much uh jaltarang there is there's a lot on, on... you will get yeah the first minute or so you don't hear it at all and then it just like whaps you over the head you're like oh that's definitely jaltarang <laughs> and that's the title song uh yes the yeah. title song on Gontrapo. wow Gontrapo. Wow. So, we haven't dug it all. Oh, that... we get our heads like that. <laughs> you know, Gontrapo. I. Gontrapo. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've heard that there are some people who think that's the greatest George Harrison album ever. Uh, I'm not one of those. No. I... <laughs> but for all you know, I've gone Trapo. So. Yeah. Well, that's so a good pretty, one. Pretty strange. I don't think it. I, I once again, I don't think there's any examples of it anywhere else in any other pop songs. No, uh, but it would be easy enough to use it in other pop songs because it's just a you know it's sort of a, a, a percussion instrument that gives a little note to it. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. But I bet the Harrison House has a lot of instruments lying around. We know he's got a lot of ukuleles. But I bet there are a lot of interesting Indian instruments as well lying around that uh, Friar Park. Just all these different things that he was able to collect and got from Ravi Shankar and friends. So 
Yeah. Maybe a museum someday. That'd be nice. Danny, how about it? How about it? We'd like to see and hear some of this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Well, my next one is a, it actually fits well with the spirit of the song, I think. And I said I had a Ringo, and so I have to give you a Ringo. Oh, yes. all right. But it's it's an instrument that's played not by Ringo, but by Paul McCartney. And it's the famous mm-hmm. kazoo solo on Your 16. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Th- this is amazing. Of My next choice in, the, in this is going to really come hand in hand. Oh, good. So this is great. This is great. Oh, good. Perfect. Because you think of your 16. What's that song about? You come on uh, like a dream. dream. Peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. Lips like Lips strawberry. Lips like strawberry wine. Yeah. You're 16. You're, you're beautiful. beautiful. And, and you're, you're mine. mine. Yeah. It's, it's sung a... by, uh, at the time... 31 32 year old somewhere yeah a little bit creepy but yeah (laughs) but problematic but problematic yeah but it's it's a song about you know being 16 when you're sweet 16 and your girl turns 16 that's a big deal and a birthday party so what do you bring to a birthday party or what do kids have a lot of times kazoos so and for new year's eve so what a perfect solo here you wouldn't put a guitar solo on your 16 you're not going to put a i don't know a clavioline solo on it you're going to put a kazoo solo and it's played by paul mccartney and it's it fits the song really well and uh there's kazoos probably in a lot of other songs because it's the cheapest instrument you can get and anybody can play it Uh, but this one that's that's a great standout solo from paul that's that's right. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, to digress for a moment. Uh, yes. You're 16, problematic. Not as problematic though as young girl. Remember that song, oh, young girl. Yeah. Young, young girl, no. get out of my mind. Yes. You'd better run, girl. Oh. <laughs> you're much. You better run, or I'll. You know, you don't know what I'm gonna do. Ugh, <laughs> it's ugh. Very disgusting. Now it's amazing that you mentioned that because uh, the, and I think this is the weirdest on any Beatles record if you're looking at the credits mm-hmm. <laughs> on the song lovely rita it says paper and combs yeah and I, I, I always looked looked at that and just like ignored it i was like what i don't know and then i was doing i had to look this up <laughs> okay uh okay so this is from uh wikipedia uh, enjoying the light-hearted session the beatles also added percuss- percussive effects played on comb and paper <laughs> serving as handmade kazoos so they couldn't Ooh, get that fits so well <laughs> they couldn't get like we're, we're like oh we can't get any kazoos sold out at the <laughs> store what <laughs> like, do we do guys so they yeah so very strange very hmm. strange paper, uh, so where do you hear it on lovely read i'm trying to think well, of you hear made various groaning sighing and screaming noises played paper combs and added some cha-chas for good measure hmm the paper and combs can best be heard immediately before the line, when it gets dark, I I tow your heart oh, away. Oh, now I know. Yeah, now I'm hearing yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. So, paper and combs. Paper that's and pretty combs. Weird. Yeah. That's pretty weird. That is. That's, I mean, one, <laughs> the, the, the kind of homemade instruments like that, we, you know, obviously there's a lot more 
that the Beatles used. We're just picking our kind of our favorites here. But thinking of Yellow Submarine with blowing bubbles through a straw and, yep. and yep. doing those sorts of sounds uh, are right. also kind of the homemade effects and uh, reminds me of the paper and combs. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, interesting. Real, yeah. real, real, strange, real <laughs> strange stuff, paper and combs. I never even thought about it until we were uh, looking this up. So, mm-hmm. Well, so for my last one, I mean, there's so many. I've got several other choices here. I don't know. I've done two electronic instruments, so maybe I won't do the well, we third could one. Do, we could do two more rounds if you want. We could. I know. I got one more I could do. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do All two right. more rounds. Two more rounds. Okay. Well, then I have to go again a little bit with a, a low-hanging fruit example, but it, it's so prominent, and it became a big deal in the 70s, the Moog synthesizer with its distinctive use. Yeah. Yeah, on The first time we really heard it was on Abbey Road, and you hear it very distinctively on Here Comes the Sun, on Because, and mm-hmm. Maxwell's Silver Hammer, and it's just kind of all over that album. And then I know one of your favorite albums explores the Moog and all of its glory, Electronic Sound by George Harrison. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who who doesn't spin electronic sound at least twice a week? Well, you, use the, you have the colored vinyl, right? You have the... <laughs> um, Dave, this one I have gotten my hands on. You, yes, even. me too. Me too. Uh, because I, I, you know, we went to, we met uh, at the University of Illinois in the... Mm-hmm. Uh, electronic, uh, I, I was, uh, in the, uh, electroacoustic studios, uh, run by Scott Wyatt. Yes. One, one fantastic guy, Scott Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a original Moog synthesizer there. And, uh, what, what I loved about that program is you, you would go, you would be started on older, electronic instruments and kind of like learn your way up yes the analog stuff Mm -hmm. yeah learn your way up to the digital so that you really got a full kind of uh education on on uh how things uh went through but i used it a lot uh on one of the only pieces i ever (laughs) finished (laughs) used it uh almost exclusively on that so Hmm. um yeah so yeah, it's great. I they had one one of my first teaching jobs was at the University of Central Missouri, and there was one right next to the band director's office. I have no idea why it was there, but I, it's a mini Moog. It was a smaller one, and mm-hmm. I just remember going in there like, oh my god, this is it. This is here comes the sun, and I I played it on there, and it's like that that's it. That's the one with all the patches and everything, and it's it's pretty great sound and became a huge subject of uh, appeared a lot in prog rock and more of the avant-garde kinds of things but if you may not may not be familiar but robert moog was an actual person and he was a inventor and a uh, person who created this electronics guy so yeah. uh, it's there's it's, a there's a good documentary out there about robert moog mm-hmm. which uh, I've I've watched it. Yes, real good, real interesting uh, thing. So yeah, so I, as you can see, I love electronic instruments like the clavioline, oh, yeah. the Moog, and the uh, Mellotron. So uh, I would yeah. love to have all of these just to play around with. Well, uh, Dave, this will, this will be my last pick. This is in the uh, 
category that we were just in with the comb and uh yeah uh, the homemade paper <laughs> uh and this is the song oh woman a why Ooh. and uh paul mccartney credited with gunshots <laughs> and uh there is uh several pictures on pinterest that i found of them actually showing him with what looks to be a small caliber handgun Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, shooting, uh, of course, you know, like, I, oh, well, that gun. And then you hear bang, bang, yeah, bang. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a small uh, handgun, little, I don't know anything about handguns, no. so I'm not going to say a number, but uh, six, you know, cylinder thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you listen to the song, Dave, I don't know if they got a lot of <laughs> It's just a loud sound. They could have just gone like, just like bang the table or something, <laughs> you know. So the fact that they actually went through, Paul actually got a handgun. Yeah, they went to this. It's in the studio. He's got the head the headphones on. Of course, the cans, yeah. <laughs> the cans, and he's got the gun there. And he's like, you know, holding it away from him and stuff. Oh so, man, authentic. Pretty cr- yeah. pretty authentic. But uh, I'm not sure if they needed to go. <laughs> All that uh, trouble just for gunshots. Hmm. Well, that's a Plus, good. As we talked about when we talked about a woman, a why slightly disturbing. The, the whole song is very disturbing from the <laughs> yeah. screaming to the text to the. He's like, where did you get that gun? And then I think he ends up shooting her with right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. It. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Well, I yeah. like those homemade ones. Those are sometimes more fun than than uh, some of the the standard ones that you can get. Uh, but the one I want to finish with yeah. is a another distinguished uh, example of a Paul uh, tune, and you hear it. It's pl- interestingly played by the same person who plays on a couple other songs, plays a different instrument. But this on the song Jenny Wren, he's playing a duduk. Uh, oh yeah yes which is an armenian double reed instrument that also sounds like the english horn a little bit and it's got a very deep mellow like kind of uh sounds like a duck well people like to joke that an oboe or english horn sounds like a duck it kind of does and but very exotic sounding on that song and it's played by a guy named pedro eustasha who also plays the uh, some sort of flute on Egypt Station. He plays on Back in Brazil, and Hand in Hand as well. So this guy is is Paul's go to exotic instrument guy. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of that sound on on Jenny Wren? I was gonna say that's one of the most beautiful solos on on uh, um, a, ba- a late period Paul ballad. It's yeah. just like so beautiful and like uh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, choice of instrument to to play for that. Yeah, because that song is kind of dark in its timbre, like with Paul's voice and the lower guitar, and just it gives the right atmosphere for yeah. for that song's haunting. So yeah. that's spelled D U D U K, and it's an instrument that's uh, indigenous to Armenia. So, well, I'm glad we did the extra round, Dave. Yeah, actually, I think so too. Uh, it's really good. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot better in my gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's, it's it all it all sounds good, but it's fascinating just to see 
how the Beatles were always looking for new sounds and trying different yeah. things. And some of them are really obvious. Like you hear the Moog synthesizer. Once you know what that is, you know what it is. But then some of the other ones are a little more exotic, the sword mandal or the yeah. flagellet or flagellet. Flagellet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some ones you don't notice as much. So, yeah. Yeah, Jai Terang. Yeah, Jai Terang. I love it. <laughs> Are there any so, uh, alt, alt, uh, honorable mentions that you can think well, of? Well, just generally an honorable mention is like that. I think it's that album you were talking about from Paul. Chaos and Creation. Uh, Chaos in the and Creation. I know there's at least one that there's a drone playing the whole time mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, I like, and, and you also mentioned Egypt Station. I like that he's continued to explore different instruments different sounds yeah. for each thing sometimes we like them better than <laughs> others we've argued about a couple of tracks on new whether it's yeah yeah right <laughs> some of the you know some of those it's like more like product like let's do a new type of production on on this mm-hmm. rather than so it's like more of a different mm, recording style than a different instrument yeah 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 that's a good point. How much of this is done in actual, like, clearly the the duduk and, you know, you had to bring in a person to play that. So that's an actual person playing it, whereas some of the other ones we mentioned are more production-based that are, like, taking the clavioline and modifying it and changing John's sound or things like that. So it's kind of a whole group effort, but very interesting to put them in context like that. So, yeah. Very fun. So like I said, we'll put these into a Spotify playlist, and I'll put that in the description for the episode. Uh, we got some comments from our Klaus Vorman episode that they some people really enjoyed the, uh, the Spotify playlist, getting to hear different tunes that they didn't know Klaus played on that we talked about. So I'll do the same thing for this. So you can hear all of these exotic instruments or unusual sounds and it should be fun to put them all together yeah i i think it is gonna be fun yeah. um and of course it, once we get off me and dave are gonna listen to gone Trapo. oh <laughs> really you know really with all this time this on our hands uh <laughs> now's the time to dig into your vinyl and go <laughs> pull right. out gone Trapo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dig deep into your bargain bin yeah. of your vinyl collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting a comment. That. I know that was a that was a bad thing to say. But speaking of comments, yes, yeah, good segue there, because a lot of us are home all day right now, and are and we appreciate the comments. So thanks everybody for writing. You've given a lot of. Uh, interesting feedback to our latest episode with the Beatles for Sale and a lot of you are are saying some very nice things that were keeping you company and uh, we feel the same way that gives it's great to do this right now especially Uh, and so to that end we would like you if you're up for it to send questions about anything Beatles that you want us to talk about answer uh, opinions Anything you've always wanted to ask us or are curious about or want us to dig into. Yeah. Uh, so you can send your questions to our email address at I've got a Beatles podcast at hotmail.com and we will see what you come up with and answer them on our next podcast. 
yeah, that'll be a pretty fun next podcast. We've never, well, we've done we've done things where we've gotten some comments from Facebook and and play played some tracks because of people like people's favorite George song. I mm-hmm. think was one of them. Yep, and that went pretty well. So hopefully we get some uh, uh, questions. We'll answer anything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, maybe keep it to where we can answer it and move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not uh, uh, give yeah. us your. Uh, I don't know what would be a crazy question for. Um, name your favorite hundred Beatles songs. Yeah, that like, uh, might be a little, <laughs> a little much too, for... too much. But yeah, so... yeah. So it could be about old things, uh, current event, current Beatle events, future Beatle things, uh, anything about po- past podcasts that you've always have stuck in your craw. Like I can't believe they said this or that, or. Wondered, yeah. wonder why does why does Chris always like to bash on Gone Truffle or <laughs> <laughs> anything like that? Uh, we'll we'll take them and uh, should be fun. So as I said, feel free to send them to I've Got a Beatles podcast at hotmail dot com. Within what should we say? Within the next couple of weeks, uh, we're in mid we're in early April, so. Yeah, we're recording this in early April, so by let's say the fifteenth. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, by April fifteenth, please uh, uh, send the things, and we'll compile them and record a episode just to your questions. It'll be yeah, fun. Definitely, definitely. So, all right. Well, this has been fun. This has uh, gotten to listen to some stuff I don't normally hear. So, uh, and what well, you don't usually uh, uh, hear. Uh, Tie your kangaroo down. <laughs> no, that's going first on my sport. playlist here. I'm gonna... <laughs> I think Rolf it's Harris. The, it's the sport part that I like the best. So, <laughs> tie me kangaroo down, sport. Like, geez, how Australian can he get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so should should be fun. Thanks again for listening. Hope you're all staying safe and uh, stay inside. Listen to podcasts, listen to lots of Beatles, and stay safe. And we'll... Keep your spirits up. That's, yeah. It's just as important as anything else. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, well, sounds good. Yeah. So, we'll look forward to hearing your questions, and we'll be back at you next time. Thank <laughs> you.